live from the Pathway Studios in Johnston proper. You are live from the path. All right, you're listening to live from the path. We're coming oh, for the. Oh, uh, you're not. Yes. Hey, what do you mean? Why are you saying this to me? Race car weekly with Mike. <laughs> Race car weekly. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking V12 engines, boys. I lost me. I, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, is that is that a generator? What do you mean? No. We're nope. talking. We're talking about uh, a V12 no, generator. Ta- you you are you're all, you're all live from. That's like a <laughs> amped up V8. Yeah. I don't drink. Know. Hey, they actually make a vegetable. That's awesome. Yeah. Is that what a V12 is? It's twelve. A V eight with four extra like vitamins and minerals. Yeah, it just makes the it, the engine just gets longer. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you're listening live from the path. Is this the first show? With, uh, no. Oh no, we did one last week. Yeah, that's right. That's right. All right, we didn't ruin the first one. It's <laughs> just the subsequent one that happened. Uh, thanks for hanging around with us. We do very much appreciate it. Hey, uh, and just a follow up uh, for the show from last week. Hey, thanks for those likes, man. Uh, we got above five hundred, and then. Curious to the timing, somebody bailed and got us below 500, and then we're back up again. Woo! Oh, we are. Okay. Oh, wow. Heck, nice. yes, we are. We've been hanging tight at 501. So, I mean, tell your friends, all right? We could use the we could use the likes. Yeah, and actually, uh, uh, thank you for listening to the podcast. We don't actually acknowledge that anyone listens to the podcast, but uh, uh, if you're still hanging out at the podcast, I, I, we really appreciate it. Yeah, uh, our, our jokes aside, uh, which is meant to be self-deprecating to us. Uh, but not to you. We very much do appreciate uh, you guys listening to the show. The, um, we're at just shy of 200 subscribers and have been for qu- quite a while, actually. That's awesome. Uh, there was a time. Uh, here's the thing. I just don't check the numbers very often. There was a time when it was it was like 15, and I think I'm three of them. Like, I'm just signed in different <laughs> things. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but legitimately, we do very much appreciate for you guys listening to the show. Um, we hope that it is edifying to you. Um, and uh, we are... Uh, all jokes aside, we are trying our best to put on a show that otherwise helps us follow Jesus closer. And I hope that's doing that for you. Uh, and to the extent that it's not, call the complaint line. <laughs> you, can, you can give us a call at the uh, Bob Eisenhower complaint line, 515-517-0085. That's call or text, and we, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Wait, it's 2020. Does, does Eisenhower know about that yet? Nope. Man, nope. I, I, you know, I, I should I'll go have lunch with him, but i got to set it up so he's paying. So <laughs> right, i, I got to right. figure out a ruse of which it makes sense for him to take me out to lunch. <laughs> Okay. Hey, I saw this. I saw this article. Hey, do you guys have um, uh, we, we just trailing some of this New Year stuff? Uh, generosity on your New Year's list? I've been trying. I, this is my year. I'm gonna be more generous. I'm gonna give some more money away. Uh, I got too much. I don't have it. Yeah. I mean, I don't have too much, but I got. I got more to give. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Hey, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Move to- to- totally. Move yeah. to. Rebuke or encourage. <laughs> That's hey. my new game show. It's going to be great. Hey, actually, that's a good thing for the complaint line. Uh, so we were talking before the show. Uh, Mike, Mike thought of a game, but then we didn't have any questions to put in there. But the question is rebuke or encourage. So can you provide us the situation of which we go, our reaction is to say, do you rebuke a man or do you encourage the man? And so if you've got any situations, uh, change the names, all right, because no one wants to yell at your brother or whatever. <laughs> but, like, uh, go ahead and shoot it over to us at the complaint line, 515-517-0085. Call or text, and uh, we, can, we can put that in a uh, encourage or rebuke. See, this, this game has a lot of possibilities to it uh, on the comedy side. But, like, also on a deeper level, I struggle with this all the time. Like, I feel like this is, this is straight hard. It's like, like people with, with repeated issues. or re- Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, half right. the time you just want to smack them and go, will you stop this? Just stop doing the thing. And sometimes they need rebuked, and sometimes they need encouraged. And yeah. It's really hard to tell sometimes. It is. Yeah. 
I tend to the pick same the person, wrong yeah. one is the problem. Yeah, I yeah. always go the wrong route, like I encourage, and then they do the same behavior. Two days later, I'm like, I should have rebuked. Dang. Maybe I should have done the hard lesson. Maybe that would have done I, I, out. I think that's the that's the kind of the key here is that it's not um, uh, it's God does both, and so we do both, right? Like God says, look, I discipline those uh, who I love, and so they're and now discipline is not quite the right word, right? But they're certainly like if you love somebody, uh, you have to tell them the truth, and uh, th- that might come as an encouragement. They might take it as a rebuke. Either way, uh, we have to be open to that. And I, I don't think I don't think it's all if you're if you're too far on one side or the other and say look I only do encouragement. Uh, here's the deal: sometimes sometimes a smack in the face really does actually change people, and they're thankful for it. Just because you've tried it and someone's not thankful for it doesn't mean it wasn't the right thing. It just could mean that like uh, they just didn't take it well. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that you try, and if you tried to encourage somebody. Um, or, or, or I guess just just don't get upset because it didn't work. Because like some people don't respond to either. Yeah, and and it's just yeah, persistent. that's true. It's fairly arrogant to think that uh, your approach was going to win e- either way, right? Like, right. It's a sovereign God's deal, and and like you're just saying, uh, you're just saying, use me in a way that is palatable. So maybe the whole premise of the game is dumb. Dang it! <laughs> I'll say I'm I'm an encourager by nature more than a, a rebuker. And so when I do rebuke, I tend to be really awkward at it. I just I'm just like overly blunt to the point I'm hurting feelings rather than being like let's right. have an honest conversation. I'm like, <laughs> you know, you smell and you're a complete idiot. And they're like, that's her. That's yeah, you're right. Dan. You're Dan. Good at <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> I remember that conversation. It was awful. <laughs> I was hoping you would forget that. Never. <laughs> it was it was traumatizing. <laughs> it's just I, yeah. I'm just terrible. I'm terrible. At, I'll sit there and talk about it. And yeah, maybe maybe you should try better. I, I <laughs> have you tried not sinning? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I always uh, think that like like and maybe this is just a reflection of myself right but i always think if i understood god's justice correctly i would understand his mercy all the more right if i would understand all the things that deserve to happen to me when dealing with a sovereign perfect god and 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 the way that he interacts with me i would be much more appreciative of his mercy and his grace that the the lesson would would wash on me right correctly and so, like, I, I tend to I tend to sit on the rebuke side. I tend to say things like, "Look, man, you, you know you're you're missing what you're doing. A holy God has offered you into this, and you and you throw it away and act like it's nothing, you know." And so, like, and 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 maybe that's just because how I would take it in, which means His grace and mercy would be worth all the more that even when I'm willing to to treat it like it's nothing, God treats us like it's everything and still shows up. And so, it's it's kind of a mix of of both put together. I just lead with. You know, you don't realize the waters that you're dancing in, buddy. You don't like you don't understand the weight of the thing that you're fooling around with. And and so maybe maybe that's where it's getting hustled up. I don't know, it's it's it, be honest, it's just been it's been actually apart from the funny game. Uh it's been really uh, on my mind a lot over the last couple of weeks of how to interact with people who are trying um you know to follow Jesus and like they're they're just spectacularly screwing it up like they don't understand it or they don't understand the weight of it they don't understand what god wants from them or i don't know i don't understand what's going on here of how we're failing so bad and sometimes a hug does it and sometimes a look man you, you know you're taking this too lightly otherwise you wouldn't keep doing it right if you knew what it costs and you knew the grace that's required to cover this thing you'd stop it just on pure principle right and 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 it's either one you know tends to still flounder and i can't think of uh, just cycling some stuff through my mind um, I think everybody strikes a balance here in Scripture. The Psalms are like that. Hey, man, the Lord loved you. He, he brought you with his mighty arm. You are his people, and he is always there for you. And by the way, you're being rebuked, and he will kick you out of your land. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right? Knock it off. You're whoring after other gods. 
right? You know what I'm saying? Like, the Psalms are like that. Jesus is like that. Paul is like that. Peter's like that. Everybody's like that. Everybody's got a mix of, uh, like, there, there's, some, there's some rebuke in there. Hey, stop this. This is harming you. By the way, God loves you so very much. Like, um, no, no one's batting on just one side. Even John, even like Flit Flighty John, uh, he, he, some of the hardest parts are he lands. What's in 1 in John? He's like, you continue sinning, uh, you ain't in the Lord. <laughs> like, yeah. there's no way. And, and you're like, boy, that seems super duper harsh uh, because John ain't missing with words. And, mm. and he's a pretty flowery cat. And so, uh, like, every guy to a man that is speaking in, spri- in Scripture um, is doing that, is doing both. So I think so it takes both. Now, whether you nailed it on one particular occasion or not, it's certainly worthy of question. <laughs> well, but once again, maybe that's a maybe that's a Western civilization thing. It doesn't have to be one. Like I think we, I just want to, I just want an answer. I want a card. I want a, uh, an Excel spreadsheet of cross reference where I can go. Okay, the guy did this, and he continues to do this. this. Is his fifth time? Follow the row. Follow the column. Rebuke. He gets rebuked. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's what I want to have happen. And it, it's just that uh, it's a little great. Okay. Now. Then uh, let me just uh, slightly slightly facetious question. What would you call a magic eight ball made magic eight ball style contraption for Christian discernment. The discernment ball. No, I hate that. Lord, what should I do? Rebuke. <laughs> Actually, I have what I ask have one again those, later. <laughs> I have one of those for the kids. I call it the magic hand, and it always says no, and they know that by now because they're old enough. But like, boy, they, they really irritated them between the ages of three to seven. Is they would say, "Hey, Dad, can I have a soda?" I'm like, "Hold on, let me ask the magic hand." And I put my cut my hands together and roll them like some <laughs> dice, and I'd open it up and go, "No, <laughs> boy, they don't like the magic hand." <laughs> oh man! Uh, hey, somebody Google that real quick. Uva, you got the phone out all the time. Why don't you? T- <laughs> <laughs> I legitimately just texted my fiance, "I love you." Shows on good night, uh, yeah. so that I could put my phone down. All right, <laughs> what, what an encouragement! <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> see if there's a Christian magic ball. I'm just kind of wondering. Christian magic. Okay, animal. while he's doing that, so if you want to give, let's say you say, hey, I want to give. You were in good company. Uh, there's an article on discern.com for the most generous Christians in America live in Idaho, Iowa, and Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> Wait for it. Okay, go, go ahead. Okay. America's most generous Christians live in central Idaho and eastern Iowa, according to a new Barna report. That Barna is up in everything. Uh, the reported numbers include donations to churches and, and Christian nonprofit organizations. Uh, for Idaho, the Pocatello, Idaho, Idaho Falls, and Jackson region rank first for church and nonprofit giving uh, with an annual giving total. Ooh, this is before four members, giving total of 17,977, of which 15,601 went to churches. Is that like per person? No, it's not per person. Is, is it per church? 18 grand per church? That seems low. Wait, what? I mean, do it, read it again. For Idaho, uh, the, the, the re- these regions ranked first for church and nonprofit giving with an annual giving total of 17977 What? I mean, that, it's not really uncommon for families for family to give that much. Uh, okay, 18. That's not for the region, though, I mean, it? based on the 10%, that's like $170,000 a year. No, nobody gives even. How many Richies you got going to your place? I mean, uh, I don't know, a couple, uh, couple people making eighty grand a year or whatever. Pretty close. No, I suppose. Yeah. I mean, okay. nobody gives that, right, Dan? <laughs> I mean, maybe like a a family, like two five. families. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, church our side. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. There's Joe and then Norman. He's all right. <laughs> all right, Booba, what do you got there? Is there a magic eight ball? 
there is not a product that I found, but I did find a website that says Magic Eight Balls and Eight Ball Answers dot com, and it's golden and it has Jesus on it, <laughs> <laughs> and it says Ask Jesus a question, and then you click on it, and then it says uh, Nothing's impossible with God. Luke one thirty seven. <laughs> Wait, every oh. time? No. Listen for God's voice, Psalm 29, 4. Does, does the play have thine own way when you open up the page? Don't be discouraged, <laughs> Ephesians five nineteen. Wait on God, Psalm 130, verse 5. Oh, man. Trust God, Psalm 56, 3 through 4. <laughs> you have to read both verses uh, to get that. Be strong and courageous, Deuteronomy 31, 6. <laughs> the road can be narrow, Numbers 7, 14. Well, they got numbers in this one. Uh, let God lead you, Numbers fourteen eight. I don't know how many there are, but this is wonderful. I couldn't stop laughing. That's in God's hands, Proverbs sixteen three. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> so I think it's just taking a bunch of random scripture out of context and then making a real quick wait on God. Hey Ben. Okay, hold on. I, na- I hate that article. The, hold on. The average average <laughs> annual giving uh, per person. Oh. Per member. That's a lot. Yeah, okay. Okay, sorry. Per person. So a family of four is given, you know, 80 grand. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? Yeah. Hey, man, Eastern Iowa is the place to be, or Idaho. A plant in a church. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yikes. Idaho that Falls. Oh, Atomo, uh, so for, in Iowa, it's Atomo and Kirksville. Atomo? Yeah. I wouldn't really? figure that. Doesn't that, doesn't that blow your mind, your I, wild mind? I mean, Atomo, on the whole, it's a poorer community. Right. And then Victoria, Texas. Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, Great place. Wait. Wait, AR? That's Arkansas, right? <laughs> what, what else? What is Alabama? <laughs> yeah, okay, good. I'm just checking. <laughs> <laughs> Alabama? <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> hey, ask that, ask that site whether I should rebuke Mike for calling me a dummy. Should you rebuke Mike for calling you a dummy? Listen for God's voice. Psalm 29 4. Discernment.com. <laughs> this is amazing. I'm going to keep this up at all times during Christian conversations. All right, God, what are we thinking in this situation? Do you think I can do that? Let God lead you, Numbers 14.8. <laughs> what does the Jesus look like? Explain it to me. It's, it's, just, it's Jesus on the cross in, oh, the, no. in the magic eight ball. Oh, Oh yeah! Agreed. I thought he'd just be standing there. No, it's yeah, there's room. It's yeah. not like it's not like in sync Joey Fatone Jesus. It's Jesus up on the cross. I was thinking Beatitude Jesus or something. Not no, it's not straight crucified up Jesus. It's, it's crucified Jesus in the middle of a golden eight ball. I was thinking roller skate Jesus. And then when you Jesus. click the button, it's got a legit like the the purple triangle that shows up in the gross magic eight ball liquid, and then it says "Have faith," Psalm forty six one through two. Oh, here's the deal. This is going in the app. Hey! Yeah! Oh, absolutely! The, yeah, when, it's a mobile app coming up I'm, this year. I, here's the deal. One of my goals this year is to is to learn to code a mobile app. And I, oh no, I may put the Magic Eight Ball in it. Hey, uh, seriously though, uh, on the list of uh, features for the Life from the Path mobile app, uh, we're doing a mobile secular Solomon. Hey, that'll be cool. I, I'm super excited about what it. What else were we going to put in that mobile app? Wasn't it like a mirror of like this man is responsible for this man cannot be trusted. Yeah, this man cannot be trusted, and it's just a <laughs> selfie. <laughs> selfie. <yeah. laughs> hey, man. I think we need to help this this Reddit poster uh-huh. about a Magic 8-Ball. Uh-huh. Uh, they just posted, My son found a Magic 8-Ball at a garage sale, and I wouldn't let him have it. My parents would never let me have one as a kid because they said the Bible says no one can know the future and should not ask to know the future. <laughs> so I ended up getting in a fight with my wife about it. So what do you think? It is, is it harmless for an 8-year-old? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like the cootie catcher, right? <laughs> 
Who am I going to marry? Daryl. It's a lie. (laughs) 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 Nobody knows. (laughs) Here's the deal. You know what's so funny about that? It's like the same Christians who, who have a problem with that are the same people that are continually falling for the end of the world. Right. It's the same group. Oh, man, this is, yeah, sorry, I just saw that and I figured I'd ask that. That's ridiculous. Someone said, don't be too sure. I was a good Christian as a young boy, but then my parents got me a magic eight ball and let me watch the meteorologists on TV, and now look at me. Yeah, <laughs> and, then I, and then I learned about the stock market, and then that's it. I was, oh, no, I can't predict the future. <laughs> oh, man, all right. That's, that's I'm going really back to okay. This made me sad. Okay. <laughs> Should I rebuke this Reddit yeah. poster? so that's, that's the official. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Yeah, there you go. Okay. Can you see that well enough? Probably not. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, uh, Vegas was number two. Vegas? Now, do you think that's because people just, because they got it? <laughs> right. Because they're drunk. They win it and go, well, all right. That's, that's the first thing I do, Dan. I get plastered, go to church, and give out a bunch of money in the plate. That's right. They feel guilty. <laughs> I, I'm guessing it's not getting plastered than going to church. I'm guessing it's getting plastered, getting a lot of money, stumbling into a church, and then giving way more than you thought you were <laughs> yeah. when you put it in. Lord it's yeah. probably mainly casino chips. Yeah. <laughs> if I give you five grand, will you not make mention of how I got this money? <laughs> <laughs> Lord, I know we're not on even terms on this situation right now, but uh, I could flip a couple coins. Actually, in there. how uh, uh, what, what, would, would, would that the council? Are you supposed to give ten percent on the? Are you supposed to tie the uh, the lottery winnings? Sure. I mean, it's first part of your fruits, right? Yeah. yeah first fruits. I mean, okay. Okay. <laughs> hey, so there was a story out this week uh, about, the, uh, about the Pope. And he's trying to find, um, Mike and I were kind of talking before the show, um, uh, they're short on clergy. They're short on clergy in, the, in Latin America and where did you say, like South America, a few different places. Yeah, 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 they're short on clergy. And so the problem is, is, is the celibacy requirement. They're having a hard time because they're running out of dudes who haven't gotten married and done the deed. And so... Uh, they, they're, they're considering the, the Latin American church had said, hey, look, can we, in order to honor the intent here, but otherwise fill the, 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 the pope spaces that we, or the, the priest spaces, uh, can we use guys who have been married for like X number of years uh, and are like assumedly out of child producing age? Their kids have gone and moved on. They're probably like 60 or 70 or above. Can they be priests? Can we ordain them so that people can do the priest thing and they can spend their time focusing on the church and not have to worry about the rest of their family? Did, did they say that they had to take a, a vow of celibacy henceforth? Mm. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. Because, uh, uh, frankly, that'd be in violation of Paul. Paul, Paul says, uh, you're going to depart for a time or don't come together for a time. But, like, I mean, that's, that's too long. Yeah, okay. That's, I think yeah. it's a violation. Yeah. Um, okay, so anyway, so, so the controversy was, is that uh, the other pope, Benedict, uh, had written this book. Um, he had co-authored a book and, uh, and basically saying that, that uh, no, we should keep a only celibate priest. That's what we want to be able to do. Now, the funny thing was is that he was only a co-author. It was him and another guy that had written it. Now, the other guy that had written it was in town recently. Like, he, is, he was in the Des Moines area. Hmm. Uh, and I don't remember what the, under the auspices or something. It was like a conference or something. And so he was in town uh, and was, I somehow ended up downtown, and I saw him. I saw him. I was walking out on a lunch break not a week ago, and I saw him sitting at a lunch counter. And I said, hey, dude, what are you doing here? Weren't you the guy that co-authored that book? And he goes, yeah, that's me. Don't tell anybody. By the way, the other author's in town. I'm like, the other author? You mean the Pope? Which he goes, well, kind of the Pope. Kind of the Pope. 
And I said, he's in town. Okay. He says, well, I said, well, heck yeah, where's he at? He says, I think he's in Altoona. I said, he's not in Altoona. The other pope doesn't go in Altoona. And so I drove to Altoona because I'm from Altoona. I say, I know this place. I know this hood. I know where this other pope would be. And I drove around, and there was this long line of cars, and I'll be doggone if they weren't pointing at Buva's house. The oh, no. big group of them. What a mistake. They were all there. They've believed that Buva is the, is the kind of pope. The first one. <laughs> The semi-pope. And it was even harder to talk about. Because I've had, uh, you guys have heard me tell stories. I've run into these pope things before, you know, <laughs> these problems. And I've been able to sort them out mostly. But, like, trying to convince someone they're like, the pope is here. I'm like, well, shoot, this is wrong on multiple levels. Because, one, I don't think he's here. And, two, he's not really the pope. But, I mean, the people are, you know how the people get. They're in a frenzy. And so I found, I found my way. I got into Buva's uh, apartment there. And I said, Buva, you've got you to get rid of these people. Yes, I, I think you're the, the, the first of the fake pope. And he says, okay. Okay, what do I do? I said, you got to give him some advice. you got to tell him something, something that kind of relates to your life, like the Pope would when he walks out and he stands and he tells the story. And so you got to go do that so that they'll leave. So, Booba, what did, what did you tell him? So uh, in order to get these people out of my apartment, because there's a lot of room for a lot of people, but they needed to go, um, uh, I had to tell him this. I am uh, unfortunately terrible at trusting God when it comes to financial situations. Mm. I'm awful at it. Um, I've never had any legitimate trust towards God when it comes to fixing that stuff. Um, and I just, I'd never really prayed about things. Like if I needed money, uh, I'm pretty good at either asking people for help or going out and getting it. Like kind of just making it work, right? Like I pay my own bills and have for a very long time. I moved out when I was 18, never stayed with my parents long. And just that's how it's gone. And so uh, within the last year, very specifically within the last six to seven months, God has been completely shattering that uh, thought process of relying on myself. Um, and it's been incredibly painful. Uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a rough process because I have a lot of pride uh, that God has had to break down and continually break down to this day that I'm still terrible at. Um, but what that leads to is, uh, in my prayer life with God, uh, trying to figure out how financial stuff is going to work and trying to figure out how to trust him in that, uh, I usually don't run directly to him. Like, it's just not my first thought is to go, all right, there's a financial situation happening, whether I need some money for a bill or I have to pay somebody back or if something's coming up that I need money for, whatever the situation may be, my first thought is, how am I going to take care of this? And so I usually put together stuff and start figuring out, you know, I can borrow a little bit from this person, a little bit from this person. You know, I, I've already borrowed from that person, so I can't go there or, you know, I can go over here or I can get a new job um, or take on other stuff, right? Like there's, whatever way, I develop this plan to to come up with the money and it's usually not immediately, hey, I'm going to talk to God about this and figure out what he's going to do with it, right? And so that's kind of spearheaded within the last couple of weeks, pretty hardcore. Um, uh, very, very personally, I left my job uh, about three, four months ago from a job that I was making good money, and I left that um, for a job that I'm not doing great in, but that's fine. You know, God's got me there, and I've been really trying to trust that. But within the last couple of weeks, one of the situations that's arisen has been I was – a large amount of money shy of being able to pay my bills. Like it wasn't like, Hey, I need 50 bones to get this figured out. It was, I'm hundreds of dollars away from being able to make this work. And so my, my brain immediately goes to how am I going to figure this out? What am I going to do? Uh, who can I talk to all this different stuff? Um, and, and I'm freaking out because I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to lose my situation. I don't want to lose my apartment. I don't want to lose a car. I don't want to lose my job because I can't, you know, do all this different stuff. I need food to live just not an option to not have the money. But my brain immediately went to, okay, is there anybody I can call to get some cash? 
If not, how can I advertise myself to go like just figure out like lifting boxes for people? I'm a big dude, maybe something like that. Or modeling. Or modeling, yeah, like male modeling. It, it, I have the, a large career in male modeling, mm-hmm. no pun intended. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> that tickled me. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you like that, Mike. Um, but uh, I just, I that was my initial initial reaction was, how can I fix this? And thankfully, I was surrounded by Jesus people that kind of looked at me, and, and it was definitely a rebuke moment more than an encourage moment uh, because they were like, "Dude, what is wrong with you?" What, what are you talking about? Why are you going to make phone calls? And I think I specifically might have said at one point in time, I'm going to make a few com- phone calls and I'll start praying about this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm admitting that. So Not you can recognize you the car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm admitting that so you guys know that I'm a fool going into this, okay? Um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I said something along those lines of I'm going to make a couple phone calls. Is it okay to make some phone calls and then pray about something? just to try and figure this out and i kind of got a yell of no that's not okay you fool what are you talking about like you you know god's got you you know he's going to take care of you you have professed this you know his love for you you know that he is a good father and he's going to provide the way that you you need like shut up and just pray to him like go to him and so like i'm sitting there i'm just like i was upset because I, not to go too far into it, but like I, I, my traumatic brain just from crap that's happened to me in the last 15 years, like I'm very bad at relying on people. I'm just really bad at it. It makes me feel bad. It makes me feel needy. It makes me feel really terrible. Like it was just, I used to be a total boob and like was not able to take care of anything for myself. And I've really tried to kill that booba and, and move on from there and become a man, right? Like I'm trying to get a wife right now. Like I got to figure this out. And so that's where my brain went was, no, I got to, I got to get this done. I'm not going to let my bills go. I just got to make the money somehow. I'll figure it out. And that's totally against what I'm kind of figuring out is like, yes, it's okay to have a certain level of that, of, 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 like actualizing a plan and getting it taken care of, but it's never a good deal to go, I'm going to set my plans in motion and then I'll check back with God real quick and go, hey, all the stuff I just did, is that the right thing? I know I didn't ask you beforehand, but that's where I'm at, right? And so this this all comes to spearhead, and I'm I'm actually really upset with the people that are that are giving me crap about this. Like I started getting really quiet. I'm not I'm not worshiping God. I'm kind of upset. Um, my fiance and I pray about it, but I'm just like, I don't really want to pray too much right now. Cause like, I'm kind of mad about this. Like, God, I feel like you told me to leave my situation in which this would not have been a problem to go into this. And now I'm in the straits again. Like, come on, man. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Like, I know I'm supposed to trust you, but here's where I'm at. And it was an angry prayer. Like I was upset. I'm just like, I don't know how to trust you. You keep putting this on me. Like, I don't know how to trust you. I'm trying to do this right. So the next morning rolls around and I got a text message from one of those people that says, Hey, uh, let's meet up for lunch today. And I go, okay, fine. Uh, I'm cooking at home. Come on over. We'll, we'll do lunch here. And so he comes over and he starts talking to me about, uh, um, some marital stuff and talking to me about how I need to get better at like praying with my fiance about stuff. Even if I feel like it's not, it's just whatever. And so we're sitting there talking and then he gets, um, he gets a, a FaceTime from his wife and she, he's across the, the, the living room from me. And he goes, hi, sweetheart. And she goes, hi, where are you? And he goes, oh, I'm, I'm at, uh, I'm at Boova's house right now. And she goes, what? Because he's never once offered to come over to my place and have lunch with me. Like it's, we've, we've known each other for a decade plus, and it's just never been a thing with us. He's never done that. But so he asks, he, he, we do that, and she goes, well, why are you there? And he explains it. And then she goes, great, because I've been trying to figure out a way to FaceTime both of you simultaneously. And I, you know, wave and I said, hi, I'm right here. And she goes, let me read you a letter we just got. 
And so I'm laughing about this, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be something weird. What's going on? And she's laughing. She reads this letter, and it turns out some random person from over a year ago that this guy has worked with uh, reaches out to him and sends him a letter that says, you were such a good dude to me. You were so cool. One of my be- the, the best boss I've ever had in my whole life. All this different stuff. I really appreciated who you were. I had such a great time working with you. Thank you so much for 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 you know being around me. All this different stuff, right? And then it says um, something about family. And he had lost a brother recently, and he was caretaker for the brother, and the brother passed away and left him a significant sum of money. And it said he his passed away brother had said to him, um, "All I want you to do with the money is is give it to people that it's going to benefit them." Just give them an amount of money that's going to help. And so the dude goes, well, that's definitely this person. And so he, he sends some lump of money to, to the people that are, are the ones who kind of reamed me on, uh, on how I was supposed to do this right and how I was supposed to trust in God. And so I'm laughing, and they just go, well, it wasn't what we would have had planned with the money, but here you go. And they basically just hand it right over to me. And it, it's not 50 bucks. And it doesn't matter if it was 50 bucks. It's money. But, like, it was completely taken care of. Like more than I could have asked for completely taken care of to where right now I'm sitting pretty. I, I'm broke. I have no money. I literally had to get my quarters out today to grab a bottle of water, which I don't care about. Everything's taken care you of. You should stop buying that sissy water. Hey, hey don't, you, don't you talk to me about <laughs> sissy water. I'm down like 60 pounds in the last two and a half months, so I don't want to hear it. I'm just saying. Uh, Boova's water makes like a ding sound when you open it. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's fresh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's wonderful. Uh, and so it, it made me laugh, though, because I'm like, I went into this knowing who God was. Like, his, his identity didn't change in the beginning of this, after it, in the middle of it. His identity was the same. He was still the same God. He, he did not move. He did not change in this situation. He did exactly what he's promised me on countless occasions, and most of the time I just go, I still don't trust you. I'm going to take care of it. But finally, even in a small semblance of an amount, I went, shut up, Buva. Stop trying to figure this out on your own and pray. And I really did. And he came through completely completely like i don't have more money than i need i had exactly what i needed i think that's important because I, I i really like that concept but it just it made me laugh that like in the very beginning i i went up to god and went i know you're the same god and i know i can trust or i know you say i can trust you and i know you're faithful and you never change but i'm just i'm gonna do this i'm gonna take care of this and my pride and my selfish selfishness got in the way of being faithful to god and just trusting him as my father right and so I, I pray this crappy booba prayer that's like, all right, I don't trust you. I, I just need you to just, just help my unbelief right now. And then he shows up perfectly. And I, that's not the first time that's happened. That is not the first time that's happened in my life. That's happened on multiple, that's happened on dozens of occasions. God has shown up perfectly for me, whether it's financially, whether it's spiritually, whether it's emotionally with someone that I needed and didn't know, whether it's something mental that I needed when I was having a breakdown and I had no clue what to do. God has shown up immeasurably and perfectly 100% of the time. He has never failed me. He has never let me down. He does not change. He does not move. He is faithful to his promises. And there is nothing better than that. That is a phenomenal stance to be. And I keep spitting in his face every time something bad happens. Like I can't trust Yahweh to take care of me completely. And it's ridiculous. And I just started looking back at like, what are these things that I've continually done? Like 
Why am I not reminding myself of this? Why am I not, you know, raising the Ebenezer kind of thing? Yeah. Why am I not doing this every time something happens? Why don't I have a friggin' rock in hand and set up an altar and go, me and my children need to remind ourselves of this when we walk past this stone that says God is faithful, he does not move, he does not change, and he is a good father. And so all I had to do was I didn't even work anything. That's the most important part for me right there is my brain immediately went, Booba figured out. I didn't have to figure out anything. There was no work on my part. I didn't take another job in. I didn't do anything special. God just showed up. Now, I'm not saying that's always how it's going to happen, and God does not promise that's the situation. It's just how he decided to show up in this one scenario. So don't think I'm saying, hey, you never have to work for it. God's going to show up and do it regardless. That's not the situation. But that's just what that's the way he chose to show me right now is that when I try and develop something for my good, my plan's fail and they don't do things well but if god promises me something he's going to take care of me he shows up every single time without fail without fail he is undefeated <laughs> like 100 <100% laughs> percent undefeated in this and like it just it makes me laugh that like whenever some turmoil happens or whenever something shakes i go to myself like i'm my own savior and i'm a fix things because i'm a prideful beast but then every single time God swoops in like the superhero he is in my story every single time and shows up and goes, son, I love you. I promised you something. I am faithful. You follow me. You seek my kingdom first. You run to me in the storm. I am your anchor. I am your lighthouse. I am your rock. That is who I am. And so all I've been able to do since this happened is, A, tell people this story, and B, praise him. Like I remember, I pretty much put on a concert for Jesus. Like that is exactly what I had to do. I felt bad about it because other people had to hear it, but I, I just, I had to turn on praise music on my phone and scream it out because I was like, "This is my God. This is my Papa. He is in my corner, and nothing can stand in my way. Not fear. Not demons. Not anyone else in the world. Not my own sin. Not my own pride. Nothing stands in the way of my God for who He is and how relentlessly He runs after my heart and to take care of me entirely." And it's just astonishing. And I hope I remember this. I wanted to talk about this today on the show so that the next time I need to, I can listen to this as my friggin' Ebenezer. I can listen to this as my rock and go, dude, listen to your own words, you prideful, selfish beast. You talked about that. Now shut up and listen to it. Realize that God is perfect and unfailing and unwavering. Love that and live in that and understand your identity is in Christ's kingdom. That's the most important part. And so God totally showed up, showed off, completely fixed it. And it's funny because I got offered an, a chance to make some money in a couple of weeks that's totally not okay for me. And it's like me getting bad into, back into a bad situation. Not four days ago this happened and today I went... Yeah, I could probably use some extra cash and I could do that. But then like two <laughs> seconds later, I'm like, no, <laughs> yeah, booba, <laughs> you shut your mouth. Yeah. You get, And I saw so I've been praying on that all day and I, I immediately got to know it was no, that's not how it's going to happen. Uh, that's that's someone else trying to get you to make money the wrong way and to take care of yourself again. Run to Yahweh, run to Yahweh on this. You know the right answer. You know the way this works. Run to him. He's faithful. He will not move. Run to him. And so that's my Pope style is you got to recognize that. God is worthy of your trust. He is faithful. He is holy, holy, holy. He is set apart by things that are set apart by things that are set apart. You have to understand that your trust in him is not misplaced. Your trust in his ways is not misplaced. Running to him, running. I can't, I can't accentuate that more. Running 
to him is the only option when there is fire behind you or when you have something at your heels. He is your safety. He is your rest. He is your peace. Stop counting on yourself. Stop counting on others. Start relying on God for who he is and who he says he is and has proven to be throughout time eternal. You can trust him. You know you can. And if you don't know you can, learn it because it's truth and it's real. Stop relying on yourself and start relying on your father who is the king of this universe. Get off my lawn. Yeah. It's more like a parking lot. <laughs> you're right. But Get out of my saying. parking lot. <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's funny how that expresses itself um, because it, it tends to be cloaked over. We, I, we would laugh. We're like, oh, you know, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible where it says uh, God helps those who help themselves. I'm like, aha, people fall for that crap all the time. Right? But, like, how many of our prayers are, Lord, please help me to help myself? <laughs> right? That's the exact thing that we're asking mm-hmm. for. Yeah. And, we're, and, and it's, it's – um, and I, I, I kind of I, – I like, I like the, 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 the way that you talked about it because the truth is is that, like, what happens on the other end of putting in completely in God's hands could be a million different things. Right. He, he, could, he could show up with it. He could say, look, I got this opportunity that I need you to walk into for any number of reasons that have nothing to do with money. Uh, I want you to meet these people, and I need right. you to talk in this way. And so, right? But like, if, if, it's, if the first start isn't to say, let me handle this out and then see if I can figure out a way that God will bless it, as opposed to saying, God, whatever it is, I want, I want it. I want what you have for me here. If there's a specific thing, I want it. Right. If it's where you, I, you, you're okay, you say, look, step anywhere, just step faithfully. Fine, right? But yeah. the, but the, but the point is to say that like in either case, um, you take those types of things. Like when you run into trouble, uh, your gut reaction is to go to people you can trust. If that first person is you, you're, you're mistaken. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, exactly. You know, yeah, I can misplaced trust. trust. <laughs> I got me in this problem. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm the reason I'm here. It should be the first indicator, right? The first thing that says, "Hey, man, maybe I shouldn't start with me. <laughs> I started this mess." <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and that's that's a that's why it goes in the app, Mike. This person can't be trusted. Yeah, that's why the selfie goes in the app. Right. Just to remind me, like, hey, I got a problem. Who who should I go to that I can trust? Yeah, blowing it up into the bigger portion. <laughs> like, I, I I summed it down into something small, which is a financial situation that 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 God got me out of and helped me out with. Yeah. Right, but like the the bigger picture is understanding that that being in God's will is the best possible place that you can be. If you whatever decision you're making that it's it's as long as it's faithful to what he's right. called you to do and asked you to do. Uh, yeah, we've had this conversation before. You're not praying to God. Am I eating Wheaties or Frosted Flakes? Right. It doesn't matter what you're doing that way. What matters is, are you making the faithful moves that are in his will that he's called you to do? Those are important conversations to have and constant conversations to have with God. I found myself in this situation because of the fact that, like, I'm not making as much money as I was because God called me out of a bad situation. And then I went, oh, God called me out of this bad situation. I'm following what I believe his will to be, and multiple people have confirmed it, and now I'm in the straits. So I have to fix this myself. Instead of going, God, you called me here, and I know you did. This is a situation that only you can handle. Glorify yourself through this, please. Whether that's me losing my apartment and then you fixing the situation somehow else. That's what I prayed on. I don't care what the fix is. If it's... Booba, you're out of luck. You don't have money. You're going to be in the straits for a second. As long as I'm in your peace and rest, fine. That's where I want to be. If that means I lost my apartment so I can go to Zimbabwe, great. If that's what you're calling me to do, 
great. I just want to be in your will. That is the bigger picture of that. It was just summed down in this microcosm and you know, for you me know in that situation. Uh, is that like this isn't a boova problem? Uh, no. Like your exact story is God taking people out of Egypt. Right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Very clear evidence. 100%. God, this is God's will. God's mighty hand has showed up, and then you get a few miles down the road, and like, where's the water, man? Right. Yeah. Where's <laughs> well, the meat? Oh, you want meat, oh, do you? Man. Yeah. I'll send I you am, so much meat, you will gorge yourself and die. I am my <laughs> own manifestation of the Israelites. That is 100% right. truth. And, and okay, here's, here's what's Where funny. are my Asherah poles? Is they become, it's, it's such a joke, right? You're like, well, how could they? They saw it. They saw God's hand, and then every time. They, they, they still said, well, I wonder if God is still with us here. Maybe God has failed us even though he brought us this far because he doesn't protect his name in this way. And, like, and you're like, they're so dumb. And yet, and yet, every human plays this out in their life in some way or another. Right? They do the exact same thing. We're like, ha ha, that guy's so stupid. Meaning me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm I, that guy. I would do that, yes. Very much so. Oh, yes, I know the Lord brought me this far. But maybe he wants me to take things into my own hands and see if Moses will smack the rock. Yeah, the Israelites got pillars of fire and then went, is God still here? Uh, yeah. Like, is that happening? I, and then I used to make fun of that forever. I still do. Right. But I'm in the same situation. Exactly. God has saved me so many times, and I went, all right, Booba, we got to figure this out. Instead of, all right, God, you are the only one in control that can handle this. I'm off. You got it. Run it. Please. Just make sure that I'm in your will. That's all I care about. Right. Let me hop on the right treadmill. Give me yeah, the one that's yeah. running that you plugged in. Right, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's what I'm asking for. This story is convicting to me because I, I I can recall on this show saying, hey, man, I mean, like how much – we were just talking about this last week, two weeks ago, where we were talking about how much to involve God on, on certain things. I was talking about buying an extra vehicle or whatever mm-hmm. to let people borrow, right? And it occurred to me uh, after Buva gets done telling that story that, like, what kind of stupid problem is that? Hey, man. I mean, do I really have to involve God in this thing? That's what I'm asking. That, that was, that's legitimately my question. Hey, man, how much do I really have to involve God in? If you, know, if you know the Lord, I mean, and he sits in the office next to you, hey, Lord, this came over on my phone. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, hey, I'm thinking about going to get Jimmy John's. What do you think? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, is there any re- is it such a burden to you to ask him? You know what I'm saying? Not to say that you got to do the Wheaties or the Cocoa Puffs question, but like, if you consider asking God to be involved in your decision making a burden, then that means uh, you're sitting on the throne. Right. You know what I'm saying? You're not going up to ask the king who knows everything and knows all, loves you undyingly, right? That's not the perspective you're coming to. And you're like, great, what's God going to want in the middle of this thing? Probably going to have to give away half my money and then love a guy I hate. Boo. I don't want to ask him. <laughs> right? Like, so even, even the question itself is, is, is a, it's a ter- stupid not terrible it's stupid it's a stupid mindset it's an israelite mindset yeah. right we're like hey i realize you gave us these sweet bread cakes for all these years but we want to meet oh you want to meet do you <laughs> okay oh, yeah. right and like what well, here's the thing that was creepy, Mike. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> if you kick off your day and you're like god this this thing is wide open i'm open to absolutely anything you want and like I, just think of the, <laughs> i got loose plans to go to work but yeah. it, i mean you yeah. me. <laughs> here's the deal though Here, here's what's interesting is that like ultimately um I, I think that's what he's asking, right? Now, the, the, most of the time, you're going to work, right? You're, you're go- I mean, and and and, and here's what I like: is like if you're putting it in front of the throne, and God goes, "At your pleasure, choose whatever you, you, you choose something that honors right. me, love it." And he's like, "I don't care, <laughs> go ahead and do it." And I, I I do think that I think there's there's places where God's yeah, like, absolutely. I created humanity to be artistic, like uh, and to make choices on their own. Mm-hmm. That's part of what they how they show they love me. It's how they create great art, often in my honor. And he says, "At your leisure." 
Do yeah. this thing. Yeah. It, it delights the Lord that you're going to paint today. It delights the Lord that you're providing for your family by going to work. Great. And then sometimes you're going to say, Lord, I get my days open. What do you want from me? And, and sometimes you're going to have an occasion where it says, it delights the Lord that you're not going in today. <laughs> you're going to go visit your grandmother or you're going to go uh, somewhere and do something right. that God has for you. And it delights the Lord you do yeah, that. Go to a coffee shop when you don't realize that I've got someone sitting right there that needs to meet you. And like, the broad point Actually is needs to, say, to meet me and you're going to be there. What you consider your choices, day-to-day choices, I mean, aren't they ten times better when it's the delight of the Lord? Yeah. <laughs> right? And so if I open up my day saying, look, the whole thing's open. I like uh, Here's the thing that I think I'm doing. I'm ready for absolutely anything else. Uh, but uh, this is what I, I think I'm supposed to be up to. Uh, stop it. <laughs> Tell me. Make sure it's clear or, or give me a lack of peace on it. Whatever you need to do, I want to be up to your thing. And like most of the time, he's like, I delight you to live the life and to fulfill your responsibilities and the things I asked you to in this way. Uh, and then you're throughout the day, you're just checking in. God, I'm still doing this. You still delight in this? Because if we delight in this, I'm still on it. You got something else? I'm great. Right? Like, because it's not a burden to me. I just if the Lord delights in it, I want in. Right. Right. And so knowing that most of the time, like he's given us broad principles and ways to live and you're probably going to fall underneath that. And like, that's great. But like when the Lord delights in something else, boy, I want to be in on it and I want to know it. And 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 know that when I went to work for the last, you know, whatever, 10 weeks in a row every day, the Lord delights in that. Because I opened up every day saying, Lord, I'm open for absolutely anything else. And I meant it. Whatever you got. And as long as that's true, I I think you're good. I think you're great. I'd love to love that mindset. Like, I feel like it won't come easily, right? Like, that's obviously a change that you'd have to make. Is it because you're addicted to wealth? <laughs> Whoa. Obviously. Or your own vanity? Obviously it is. That was a, that was a swung all hammer, all right. I mean, look at me. I, mean, I, I, I think I Ben chose rebuke on that one heads. instead of encouragement, Mike. Sometimes you've got to ask the direct question. I have a, I have a small career in modeling. <laughs> A slender, handsome woman. <laughs> a slender, let's say bulky, <laughs> where people see me and go, goodness, <laughs> that man. <laughs> they must have recast Thor. <laughs> what, uh, what, what, like, what does it take to love it? I, don't, I, I, I feel like that's a Holy Spirit thing, which is maybe why I'm, maybe why I'm struggling. Like, here's what, here's what I'd love. I get super excited when we talk about this stuff, and I think, great, tomorrow morning, like, that's, that's what I want my exact prayer to be. Like, I want to wake up in the morning and go, uh, Father God, I have loose plans to go to work today, but it's totally your ball. You let me know what's going on, and uh, okay, I'm out, <laughs> and then I move on, right? And I and I want to think that that is not just something I want to feel and let go, but like I'm actually like it, legitimately, I will I will call and make my boss angry and be like, you know what, I can't make it today, right? I got some other stuff cooking, <laughs> you know, and 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 I would be willing to do that, but like the f- I don't know that I give God the opportunity to encroach that far. Where I will say that, but like, I don't know what it would take for me to go. I think I'm skipping work today to go something, something, something. And I, and I think this is where experience starts to become interesting because, like, I, I don't know, I don't know that it's happening all of it all that often. Yeah. Right. Like, I, I the, the the story of the Bible, uh, like, there is a lot of sheep in, sheep out. Like, there just is, right? And like, there's the, also, a, I mean, no one wants to hear the uninteresting story. Of Mike, who God never asked to do anything but go to work, right? <laughs> There's not a book of Numbers 2, the second version. Yeah, we do, where got, we do have an Enoch walk with the Lord 300 right. years. That's right. I mean, he got two sentences. His whole life, his whole life was two sentences. Yeah, but Enoch how, walked faithfully with the Lord. But he made it. But he made it in. He made it. You know, I, yeah. I, and so I, I, I think that, that it's, it's a Taylor thing, right? Like where you can't go, you, you have to tone, you're, you're not going to be, you're not the next Moses, 
right? Like somebody might be, or you might be this dynamic character that's doing all kinds of crazy things, and maybe that is you, and you probably should be open to that, and maybe it's not, and right. you should have peace both ways, right? Both ways that say, look, I have loose plans to go to work today. <laughs> I love that phrase. I have loose plans to do this, uh, but I, I, honestly, if I'm open to anything, uh, you know, hit my heart in a way that makes me know what you, what you got going. And that would be great. So, so yeah, from a practical perspective, this actually came up in a conversation we were having um, at, at church this week. We we're talking about um, uh, Peter's reaction when Jesus calls him, or like he he has him go out and he says, uh, "Drop the nets," right? And Peter, uh, from the carpenter, goes, "Okay, because it's you, we'll drop the nets, and it's a crazy big deal, uh, and and a bunch of fish come or whatever." And then he says, "From now on, you're going to catch men," uh, and then he drops everything and follows Jesus. And so, uh, like, our reaction to just when, when God says drop the nets, and you're like, you know what, I'm, okay, I'll drop the nets, even though it doesn't make any sense to me. And even though I was in, in the middle of cleaning them because we were done fishing and didn't have a good thing, when Jesus says drop the nets, we drop the nets. And you combine that with the notion of um, the, the, the thing that Jesus does when he interacts with his, the first interaction with his disciples is to say, uh, hi, you're going to follow me, and you're going to bring people with you. You're going to fish for men. That's what you're going to do. And, like, those are, those are the core principles. You're right. going to follow me. You're going to bring people with you. And so, like, we were talking about what, it, like, what, what does that mean in your day-to-day -day life? And, like, can you, uh, if the core definition of Jesus thinks of a disciple as a, is, is someone who's following him and bringing people with you, and you don't ever bring anybody with you, uh, we might be missing the core notion of what being a disciple is. And I, I don't mean, like, we're counting to say, look, you're a really awesome disciple because you got 500. But God may have you taken on one dude for your whole life because he wants that guy. And so it might be one, so that it's not a numbers game, but the question is, is, like, is your life oriented to following Jesus and taking people with you? And one of the, the, the questions from someone um, was like, hey, man, I got a bunch of kids. <laughs> like, I got all kinds of kids, and I got a, and I got a, a house to run and, and a husband, and, like, um, like is, is that not my – are those my disciples, right? Like, are those people I'm supposed to be guiding and leading? I'm like, yes, yes, ab absolutely. Um, but the risk we run is we pull – external to that out off the table because we're like i'm really supposed to focus on this thing right. which is totally true like that is that's your playing field husband's true for you husband's uh, fathers it's true for you too but like if everybody's playing field was only what they were producing or married to we got a lot of people who aren't meeting jesus yeah. right and so it has to be able to be bigger than that and so but it, does your day-to-day -day look like uh uh waking the kids up and feeding the kids and, and either doing schooling with kids or sending them off to school and uh you know doing all the other stuff that has to maintain your house absolutely that's what it looks like um but like can we be can we be open to the fact that says god here's here's what i have you know are you already know what i'm responsible for you know that like to be a good follower of you i'm supposed to be discipling these people uh I'm open for anything else you might have, either to use my situation in a way that brings people to you or something that takes me beyond my situation and costs me something in it, right? Hey, I can't spend every Tuesday night with my family. Like, I don't know. No one ever gets enough family time. But you know what? I, I'm going to spend it at this place with this person who really needs you. And am I open to that? And so without prescribing to say, look, someone's job might – it might always be in the home. You may ne God may never have you step foot out of that. But don't, goodness, don't take anything off the table. Like, right. And that's really all we're talking about is you wake up in the morning and say, good, God, everything's on the table here because, like, I got my own personal plans or what I think you're after here, but, like, I'm glad to be wrong in your service, so you tell me what we got. And uh, I think it's taking these kids, there's 18 kids somewhere, or, like, maybe we're gonna, I'm going to take the same 18 kids, but we're not going to go there. We're going to go do something else. It's going to blow up my day, but it's because it's something you had going on. And I'm open to you blowing up my perceived the, 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 the schedule in my life. 
I'm okay with you blowing it up for whatever you have going on. Knowing that he, like, he's probably not blowing it up all the time. Well, that's the thing. That goes back to Booba's point is, is God is God that can be trusted, right? And, like, you'll never actually feel and walk with him if you don't trust to follow him where he goes. When he says, hey, I want you to go to the, to the Kmart instead of going to the Walmart today. Right. You're like, I don't want to go to Kmart. I'm way across town. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I forget it. It don't make no sense to go to Kmart. But if, maybe you should just go. Maybe you should just go. Maybe you should just trust that God's hitting you with the Kmart for whatever reason. Yeah. Are the Kmart's I, out of business? A lot of them. Oh, crap. I was going to say, most of the Kmarts don't keep all their lights on, so be hey, careful. if the Lord says, hey, you should go to Kmart, and the closest one to you is in Cleveland, I would go. I mean, that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I knew that was coming. They switched to blue lights to save money, and I think it was all downhill from there. <laughs> okay. Here's, like here's the deal. Uh, these, these conversations, I think, uh, sometimes are frustrating for people because it's, it's always a both hand. Like, you want a clear line. You're like, hey, the Lord wants me to be, uh, as a husband, I need to be home for my family all the time, and I need to do my work and be responsible. Yes, yes, you do. And you're also telling me we need to make disciples, and it could pull me off the path and have to focus on other people. Yes, yes, I believe it will. Yes. <laughs> it's a both hand. I've yeah. done that before. You're not going to have a lot of time. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Lord did not call you to a lot of free time. You're not going to have much hobbies. I feel like I've had a, I, I felt like God was, was leading me to do something. And my immediate prayer was, I need you to tell my wife as well. Because otherwise, this, this seems like a scheme on my end. You know what I'm oh, that's phenomenal. And he, oh, no, I do that all the time. Yeah. I say, Lord, I'm a, I'm a blundering doofus. I don't know. I need you to send it through this woman. I've done that. Has <laughs> yeah, it work, always worked out, Dan? I, guess, I mean, I still so, sometimes not the way I expect. But, but yeah, it works out. Yeah, yeah I guess it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, uh, sometimes I feel like marriage was set up to be the great filter. I, I will come up with the greatest idea, I thought, and then I will lay it on my wife, and then she will just look at me like, no. And yeah, here's she, all the reasons she's why She's the party that's, of no. That's <laughs> dumb. Stop it. And then realizing after she explains it, I'm like, yeah, that was dumb. Crap, how did I miss it? Hey, man. What kind of funnel am I in where I thought this was great? Did your wife ever do the magic hand? No. <laughs> no. Yeah, let me check on yeah, it. Let me check on it. You know what? That's really, actually, it's really reversed on me now because now the kids will do it to me. Like, hey, you should go clean your room. <laughs> hey, I'm going to get the magic hand. I said, put that magic hand away. <laughs> You'll be in the nursing home someday. <laughs> sure would like some pudding. Well, Dad. <laughs> uh, who's the comedy man now? <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah. Dear, live from the path, my boyfriend of two years and I recently moved in together. What do you think, Dan? I, I go ahead and go ahead and move out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> classic Dan we'll answer. Sign that second lease. There's no reason to read the other two paragraphs here. <laughs> okay, boyfriend and I recently moved in together. Two years. When we first met, he let me know that he lost his father to cancer a few years prior. While I know a little about his father, is mostly superficial. As our relationship has progressed, moving in, talking about our future, I long to know more about his dad. What kind of a father and husband was he? What special memories does my boyfriend have of spending time with him? <laughs> However, when I ask questions, I get succinct answers with no elaboration. If I ask more than one question at a time, I feel like I'm pulling teeth, so I just drop it. Mm -hmm. When I ask if he's uncomfortable talking about it, he says it's fine, and I still know next to nothing. The only time he brings up his dad is around the time of his dad's birthday, the anniversary of his death, or the time when they found out about his prognosis. At those times, he's clearly grieving. I don't want to cause my boyfriend more pain, and I worry that I'm being insensitive by asking him to talk about it. Yet, if we are going to start a life together and be a family one day, I want to know more about his father. Hmm. Curious. When, when, when did he pass away? How long? Did I it didn't say. say. It said a couple okay. years. Yeah. Well, they were dating a couple of years, but... 
No, they I, yeah, they've yeah. been boyfriend and girlfriend for two years. They didn't say how long ago the how dad long passed. Ago the dad passed. Oh, okay. I mean, I gotta be honest with you. These are standard dude answers. Even if there's no backstory or dad hadn't passed away, you know, hey, how's your relationship with your dad? That's fine. Oh, okay. Do you have any special memories with your dad? I mean, hey, that came up. No, that came <laughs> up this week. Uh, I was ta- talking to my wife and kids, and they were uh, my wife. I was trying to convince us that we should all play more board games. She's oh. like, oh, I got great memories with my family and friends and playing board games. I said, I do not. She's like, well, you missed out. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. Let me tell you about this. <laughs> Feel like I have a good life? My dad, uh, I, we used to, my parents were divorced, but Mike and I went to dad's every two weeks and like, okay, check this out. We would go on a Saturday night and he would stop at the store and we got to pick out something to drink. Mike got orange juice, I got chocolate milk. That was yours for the weekend. You, you drink as much as you want. He don't care. But he's buying less like a half gallon. Okay. Uh, you also got to pick out a box of cereal. Whole o- box. Also yours for the weekend. You can eat as much cereal as you want to. He don't care. You hungry? Cereal. Okay. And so, like, I mean, we pick out random cereal. You know, you get to try the whole aisle. It's fantastic. So we go home and you get to eat cereal all the time. No, it's skim milk. It's nasty. Uh, and he was real stingy with the soda. You got to split a can of Diet Pepsi. But, like, other than that, you got to eat as much crap as you wanted to. He doesn't care. Uh, and then I think we mowed the lawn every once in a while, and we go out and play baseball, and we watch sports on the TV, and then we do football picks or something. And then he'd order. We did. He, we they, you know they had the pizza, pizza, pizza deal at the Little Caesars. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we were eight years old. We got our own pizza. Yeah. Because he only operated on one program. You choose your own thing. You eat it all the time. And so, uh, you got. I got my own pizza at eight years old. Whatever toppings I wanted on it. And if I got sick of pizza, I could eat cereal <laughs> or drink chocolate milk. <laughs> and, and my wife's like. Those aren't really good memories with your dad. Don't you feel like you should be closer? I'm like, here's the thing. Uh, it sounded fantastic. Like, it's the, like I, I have all kinds of great memories with dad. They weren't board games. We didn't do board games. No. But, like, I mean, it seemed fine to me because that was my context. I don't know anything else. I don't even know to miss out on it. Uh, and this was a guy that we saw, like, once every two weeks, right? Like, we, the family was not together. And so, uh, but my wife was trying to convince me, and she's like, don't you think you should have a closer relationship with your dad? I'm like, No. I think we're all right. <laughs> yeah, I think we're good. I think things are fine. You know what you think? You missed out on all kinds of the things. I said, are you, are you asking me whether I missed out on board games? Because no. <laughs> I feel like I did not miss out on any board games. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> and so, and so like, it's similarly, and I, I, I'm guessing this question hits Boob a little differently, uh, but, but, but just generally speaking, I think you're right. Like, some of this is just like, I don't know, some of those are dude answers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they just don't contextualize relationships all that I mean, it's not like they don't have deep relationships, but when asked to rehash them, uh, dudes speak for efficiency most of the time, right? So, like, you're like, hey, you know, how is your grandpa? He's doing good. I don't know. I talked to him. <laughs> at, at the same time, though, these, these are fair questions because she's, she's looking to the future and she's figuring out what kind of dad is this guy going to be. Right. He's going to be the kind of dad his dad was. Probably. Now, that is extremely unfair. I know. I was, I'm just saying that's where she's this coming This came from. up because I was playing board games with my kids. So, I mean, false. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not nothing like my dad either. But I'm, yeah. but, 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 <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? There's be characteristics. You know, unless you intentionally are different, you're yeah. going to be the same. Yeah. And there's a lot of people who are the same. Right. I was going to say, yeah, you guys, we, everyone in this room has a bit of an extenuating circumstance for we have a father that we know that we should model ourselves off of okay. versus the rest of the world has their earthly father to model themselves yep. off of.
And so a lot of times that is actually exactly what manifests is your parenting style is going to be close to what your parents were. Yeah, that's what she's digging for. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she yeah. wants to know what their what his father's parenting style was, what his relationship was with his father. It's the same kind of questions that she's going to ask. Was it uh, healthy? Did you yeah, like yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Because, because she wants you, to know. My kids are going to like you? And, uh, <laughs> right. I get totally where she's coming from. It makes plenty of sense that she's asking these questions because they're important to her. What did she got to do, though, with the answers? Let's say the guy wasn't great. Then right now is the right time to figure that out. Like, hey, hey, because you told me a story that said your dad wasn't fantastic, I'm not going to marry you because you might not no, be a then, good dad. Then you say, well, it's how, one how, part how of the puzzle. You do that with your kids. Though. Yeah, it's one I mean, part have of the you puzzle. Learn from that. I mean, I had all my wife and I had all kinds of conversations like that prior yeah. to marriage. My, I assume you're having those. Yeah, exactly. My fiance and I. So we, I just got engaged a couple weeks ago, and so my fiance. Wow, you and I, did. Congratulations, boo. What? Hey, thanks. Uh, <laughs> so she's one of the four listeners to the show. Um, so we, we're going through a book together that's 101 questions to ask before you get engaged. Yeah. I jumped the gun. We we're like 60. <laughs> so Wait, you didn't do any of the yeah, first 50? No, as in like we, we didn't finish the last 41 before we actually got engaged. Oh, oh I see. And so, I see. So, so that was my fault. I apologize to the, to the authors. Um, but the, the, that's the basis of a lot of these questions yeah. is – um, you ask history and you ask future questions because like those are important to figure out what's, what's our life going to be like together. And of course, of course the gal, if we're talking generalities of, of dude speak earlier, but, uh, gals are absolutely going to ask those kind of questions because that's the kind of stuff that's on their mind. They want to know who's this going to be. This is going to be the father of my children. I need to know how he's going to act around my children. This is going to be my husband. And it's weird that she's drawing this distinction now of, Hey, I'm willing to completely move in with you before we get married. But now. Now I got to know what your relationship was like. I want to know like. what kind of dude you are. Yeah, well, exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a, it's a weird it's a weird line to draw in the sand. It could very easily be erased and just a new line drawn. Um but uh but it it's that that's basic concept. Now now to defend the gentleman though admittedly uh, I, I agree with the concept of these are just dude answers to an extent. A lot of dudes will give those answers. I'm totally different than that though. Um but I give those answers also. Like I'm I'm a talkative guy. If you guys haven't figured that out over the last ten years, no. I never shut up, and I'm totally not the 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 archetype for like a a Mike's man's man, if you will. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm, I, 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 that's just not how I operate. Dude, you should see this water he bought. <laughs> I mean, I I I I'm drinking something called flavored flavored carbonated mineral water. Perrier, Perrier, <laughs> and it's lime. Um, yeah, hey, no, I'm, I'm not exactly. Lid, it goes. That's cute. I, <laughs> I'm not exactly what uh, what most baby boomers. Uh, yeah, I'm calling you a boomer, Mike. I know you're not, but it's whatever. Uh, would would rec- recognize as a gentleman. Why am I getting a wrecking ball today? But uh, I don't have like a poster with a dude's dude on there that I compare everybody to. And, and so I uh, so I'm, I'm completely counter to that. But like, so I lost my dad uh, a decade ago, and so I I flip flop on this a lot of times. And it's they're actually she's actually absolutely right. His birthday. And the day when he passed away are mm-hmm. big days for me when it comes to holidays and stuff like that is when I get introspective and, and nostalgic about my father because that's the time when it's like everyone is constantly just bombarding you with family and holidays and tradition and all this different stuff. And then you go, well, this is what I'm missing. So that's a really introspective time for someone who's especially lost a parent. Um, but uh, she's got to give him a little grace on this, though. I totally understand where she's coming from. She is right to ask these questions and has the right to ask these questions. He needs to give her grace and understand that she's asking these questions for a reason. And if he loves her and wants to love her correctly, yeah, he has no clue why she's. Asking he, he, he has to divulge this stuff. And so even if it's something that he wants to give the dude answer on, 
part of being in a good relationship is recognizing that she wants more than your dude answer. Well, and, like and, that's just that's just ladies and dudes in general. Yeah, and p- part of working that out is the she needs to understand how to ask exactly. Yes, it it, it can't just be the, the answer. Yeah. It can't right. just be the pointed take the one word answer and then just go okay. If you yeah. phrase here's the thing, and, and, and if you phrase a question like, "Do you have any special memories with your dad?" The first thing that comes to my head is a man sinking into sand. And my mind goes, I don't even know what you're asking. Right. Yeah. What right. are you even asking right. me? I don't know. I mean, just ask what you want to ask. Yeah, right? exactly. Did he smack me around? <laughs> is that what you're asking? Yeah. That's... Or did we fisticuffs? <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> right, because, right. like, that question for my type of personality. Exactly. It just, it just, put, it's like throwing a paintball at a blank canvas. I have no idea what you're uh-huh. what you yeah. want to know. And that's and what so, she needs to play around. Right, exactly. Yeah, Correct. no, she absolutely yeah. needs to, to, to offer that to him as well. Because, like, frustrated. Yeah, yeah, you're going to, you're going to ask these like big questions that are off in the aether and like that, that kind of stuff. Most dudes are going to go, I got nothing. Like, yeah. I don't know how to answer that. You're, you're asking a very lofty question what and I want to give a very a special specific... memory with my dad, yeah, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and yeah. that's, that's honest communication between dudes and gals in any situation, yeah. especially when it comes to something that's, that's a little raw for the guy, like having lost his father. So, like, he's not going to go into, oh, well, I remember this one time he was teaching me how to write. No, that's not how dudes operate in most situations. I agree with that. But it, it, it's, it's learning your partner's communication style for both of them, honestly. Um, it, it complicates a little bit with, with an additional, like, the fact that the parents passed away. But it doesn't complicate it too much more than it already is because it's already complicated. you got to learn how to ask questions to one another. you got to figure out how to target the right information. Dudes are going to give the pointed answer that gives you the specific answer that answers your question. She doesn't even have to mention dad. She can say, hey, yeah. who taught you how to ride your bike? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Ask hey, a, there's a kid riding the bike. Right. Yeah, she that, needs to you know. be a lot more creative and understanding yeah. with that. And so the and yes, actually, that's a great point because if you ask it like that, he'll rip out a story. Exactly, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. You got to know how to do it. Yeah, and that right again. That's just that's learning communication styles and learning, especially how to communicate with the person that you're apparently living with. So if you can't, guys can't figure so this wrong. part out, they're just yeah. need to work at it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting that you guys need to figure this part out. You're also about to start figuring out a lot more stuff because you live together now. So good luck. Uh, I'm with Dan. Move out. Fine, Jesus. Secular says your boyfriend may not want to discuss his relationship with his father because the subject is painful either because of his death or because they were not close. If you want more details, you might have better luck asking your boyfriend's mother or his siblings if he has any, because the subject clearly makes him uncomfortable. Back off. Yeah, that's horrible advice. Our advice was better. So the magic eight ball of Jesus says, (laughs) look up for answers. (laughs) Psalm 121, verse 1 through 2. It's in the the paint. (laughs) It's in in the walls. It's all up up in my skin. This is a special memory. For a second, I was <laughs> reading it. Web. <laughs> I thought it said, look up the answers. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, I mean, that's a rather specific one. <laughs> Just Google your Yeah, yeah, Beyonce. look up the answers. Psalm 121. <laughs> uh, you want to do one more? Yeah, yeah, one more. Okay, here we go. Last one. Dear life from the path, I don't smoke, but my mother and fiance are chain smokers. Uh, not the mother's fiance, my mother and then my fiance. This is particularly annoying when the three of us Quick pause for technical difficulty. Okay, we are unpaused from technical difficulty. Dare I from the path. <laughs> I don't smoke, but my mother and fiancé are chain smokers. Yes, we heard that this part. Is, uh, <laughs> this is not a special memory. <laughs> this is particularly annoying when the three of us eat together because they always light up during the meal. Oh, gross. For example, they'll almost always have a cigarette after the salad. Another before the dessert, and then two or three cigarettes afterwards. Boy, 
It, boy, that, they really are what? smokers. Oh. It, it ruins the meal for me. <laughs> I'm really disappointed in my fiance, who seems to have forgotten her promise to quit smoking before our wedding day. Yes, I would say she has. <laughs> is, is there anything I can do about their smoking at the dinner table? And should I remind my fiance about her promise to give up cigarettes and be a smoke-free bride? Annoyed. Annoyed. Uh, so here's the deal: is I think um, you need to be to be prepared. If you have, if this is an ultimatum, then you should give it. Yeah. Um, and, and like, here's the thing: is I, I was actually reading something today about someone who um, was dealing with uh, a drink, someone who was a drinker, and um, a drinker. Uh, what, whatever, alcohol. An what? alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, an alcoholic. <laughs> and, they said, look, water. Uh, and they said, look, I, I won't marry you if you're like this. And, um, and the, they, the, the person stopped. They stopped cold turkey, and uh, they, were, they were sober for, you know, however many times, like a year or so before they got married, and they've been sober since. Like, it was, it, like, they needed someone to give them an ultimatum. Um, to otherwise force them to to do something that and they want to do, yeah, and you have yeah, to meet yeah. it. Yeah, I, I'm generally like ultimate. I find dangerous because like it, you're pull, you're pulling rank on someone for in a relationship of which you are equals. Um, however, if if it is a deal breaker, you should be honest about it. Right. Uh, and so like take the take the heaviness on the word ultimatum out and just say, look, this is something that I'm not willing to commit my life to, and I love you, and I need to, you need to know that. And then if if that's if it's that big a video to you, then you need to stay it and you need to stick with it. If it's not enough for you to not marry them, uh, then I'd be real careful on you throwing around empty promises. Because, I mean, there's just no reason to have a, a relationship built upon you blowharding about it. Right. So either mean it, or if you're willing to deal with it, <laughs> now's a good time to start. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Of all the things that I think it's unfair to lay down an ultimatum, I, I don't find this is, to be a problem. Like, if you are not prepared to be married to a smoker, uh, you, you better say so. It's only fair to them and to you because yep. it's only going to cause contention. Smoke, first of all, smoking is expensive, and second of all, if you're not a smoker, it stinks, and it, and it it just it just it's it's a it's a lifestyle. It will take over your whole place, uh, especially who lights up after the salad at the table indoors. Whew, that sounds sad. horrible. And like I'm a smoker, or fifty fifty. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not quite the full time smoker I used to be, but uh, but anyway, like I, that's disgusting. Uh, smoking indoors is gross, uh, and and I don't know how you could possibly be married to somebody that's a smoker and you are not. Like that, I just I don't understand that. I can't stand being around cigarette smoke when I'm not smoking. I think it's just absolutely disgusting. And so uh, I don't know. I I think you should. I think Ben's right. I think you just you lay it out there. If it's a deal breaker for you and it really is, just say so and get it out. And don't don't act like they're gonna get uh, six months out of the wedding and quit. Uh, that's gonna be a hard. That's going to be a hard habit to break, especially if you're chucking down six during mealtime. Mm. I mean, holy cow, one after dinner is like, okay, that's cool. If you can smoke one or two cigarettes a day, fire one up after dinner, maybe one in the morning, you, my friend, are living a life. But most smokers cannot do that, right? They have to smoke two. And then the three, and I don't know, big chain smoking three in a row? Holy cow. I mean, that's too much. That's yeah, too much, fellas. That's a commitment. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, I, you, used to be, I used to be a pack-a-day smoker. I couldn't do that. Oh, Oh, man. Three in a row, I just felt like I was wasting my time. Yeah. I mean, there ain't enough gum in the world. Here's right? the thing. You want to know why a lot of our, our, uh, our, our, our soda drinking is up in this country? Well, look at all the smokers. Water don't get the taste of smoke out of your no, mouth. No, it does not. Right. And so nobody who smokes drinks water because it tastes gross to them. Oh, right, yeah. Because it tastes like smoke. 
Right. Right. <laughs> and yeah. so what they do is they get they'll either drink a beer or drink a soda. Exactly. Or something that'll cover up. That's why people are always like, oh, beer and cigarettes go so well together. It's because beer covers up. The, 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 <laughs> no, My mouth tastes like an ashtray right, right now, it's and disgusting. no water is going to get it out. Exactly. Perrier, you don't work. <laughs> it's just like it's just like if you're if you're Ben Foose and you wake up in the morning and go. I should brush my teeth or drink this chocolate milk. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't saying it don't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Singular says, your mother and your fiance are nicotine addicts. Wait, hold on. What was our, what was our advice? Uh, what, the question, should I? Yeah, our question was ultimatum. Yeah, yeah that was our advice. Okay. You okay. Not the ultimatum right now. Yeah, just deal say, breaker, deal. deal with it. Okay. Uh, Singular says, your mother and your fiance are nicotine addicts. That they cannot get through a meal without lighting at least three cigarettes is alarming. No rule of etiquette dictates that you must tolerate secondhand smoke while you are trying to enjoy your dinner. If they need a fix, they should be considerate enough to excuse themselves from the table to indulge. They still stink when they come back. Yeah. Once again, as a non-smoker, I just don't know how you tolerate that. On a slightly different but equally important subject, your fiancé has not, quotes, forgotten her promise to give up cigarettes before your wedding. She's ignoring it, and you haven't called her on it. Please do. If you marry her, you'll be living in a tobacco haze for the rest of her life, which could have a negative effect on your and your children's health in the future. Don't say you weren't warned. Well, I just don't like the way she phrases things. I don't know. I mean, all that was true, but like, I don't. You don't necessarily have to bring a soapbox with you everywhere you go. You know, can't we just level with each other as humans? Like, look, man, you can, you're not gonna be able to tolerate this woman smoking. You know, three packs a day at your place. You're yeah, not. I, I mean, people who have, uh, like, if you're a smoker, like. You let's just admit that you chose it, but you are suffering under it. Like you are, it is something that like like most addictions. Yeah, right. So like you're, it's like people want to choose one side or the other. Look, yes, you're responsible. It's your habit. You started it for whatever reason. You got into it, and you bear the brunt of that. However, uh, stopping those types of things isn't super easy. And so it's it's unfair to look at look at this woman and go, hey, uh, uh, you know, she's she's purposely ignoring it. She may not be ignoring it. She may feel guilty about it every day. Right. And she's having a hard time kicking it, and she's ashamed of herself and doesn't want to talk about it because she thinks it's going to be an argument. And she's not going to run into someone who's trying to help her. She's running into someone who's who's going to ultimatum her, which, again, that, that's uh, – you want to make sure that you're not laying down an ultimatum uh, unless you're at a point where you think someone's, like, stubbornly refusing. They may need your help walking through it. And so, like, let's be human about this type of thing and recognize that it's not as simple as – Hey, I don't want to give up smoking because I just don't want to, and I don't want to have this conversation. That may not be it at all. There's actually a lot of stuff baked into that, especially for smokers. Like, like her relationship with her mother uh, is probably well ingrained there. Like, yeah. I, I can I can tell you honestly that my wife and I, when we were smoking, um, we'd go, we'd go outside like for five minutes every hour or so, every two hours, and like we talked about. Everything. We were super close because it was just her and I talking about the kids or talking about the bills or whatever. And then when we stopped, uh, that kind of faded away. We didn't have that point of connection and that thing in common. And it, it's it's weird. Like your relationships start to get, you know, embattled in, in in, with this shared experience, right? Like that's why all the smokers at your work are they're tight. You Best buddies. Everybody knows who smokes what, who's got a lighter, who's got a crappy lighter. Nobody wants to borrow from that guy because he smokes menthol. That guy switched over to Bronson's because he's tired of people borrowing his smokes all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like, what is that American Spirit? (laughs) American Spirits are—I mean, they're top shelf. They're like nine, ten bucks a pack here in Iowa, and that's outrageous. Anyway, long story short, is like they're their own little community, right? And like they operate, they're pretty tight knit. If you have, if you find, if you're a smoker and someone else is smoking, you got yourself a friend. Right? I mean, that guy, no questions asked. You'll strike up a conversation with him, and it's not awkward at all. I try to do that without a cigarette, and it's just weird. 
It is just yeah. It looks like you're awesome. trying to sell something. Yeah, you're like, hey man, how's it going? What do you want? I'm I'm at the gas station. What kind <laughs> you know? of deodorant you use? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you smell nice. Do you use the bear claw? <laughs> What's the matter with you? <laughs> is that a legit deodorant? Yeah. Yeah, bear claw. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. Anyway, take up smoking. It's a good way to make friends. Yeah, make friends. This is what Lord. I, I'm open to anything today. He says, <laughs> "Dear Lord, I have loose plans to smoke today." Yeah. <laughs> But I'm willing to change. He says he's going to send me out for lucky strikes. All right. Hey, this has been, uh, you've been listening to Life of the Path. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hey, why do you get to announce your name? This is Mike. Dan. (laughs) Kevin. (laughs) Kevin. (laughs) Brenda. Brenda. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Announce yourself again, Ben. (laughs) You threw off my game. Anyway, this is is the very important Ben Foose. Yeah, all right. Thanks for listening to the show. We very much appreciate it. We have uh, every intention to be on uh, next week. In the meantime, be faithful in the means. God will handle the ends. You've been listening to Live from the Back.